Welcome to the PCTR Podcast. I'm Robbie Itterberg, Senior Pastor. I want to thank you for listening today. We hope that you hear from God and that this podcast encourages you in your faith journey. You can connect with us on social at facebook.com slash PCTRNJ or our Instagram handle, PCTRNJ. Or you can find more information or resources at PCTR.org. Have a great day. Peace. Hello, if we haven't had the chance to meet, my name is Christian. I am one of the pastors here at PCTR. The other pastor, Pastor Robbie, is not here with us today. He is on some vacation, which is a good thing for him um, to have some time of rejuvenation as we look forward to the fall and, and fall kickoff next week. But today we are continuing our sermon series. In fact, we are concluding it. We've come to the end. We've spent most of the summer in this series, with the exception of the first two weeks. Um, We've been here in this series called Who's On First, playing on that great uh, comedy routine from so long ago where there's the mix-up on the names and... and, um, and who's on base and where. And we have used that as an opportunity to explore some names of God. And we have looked at several names of God along the way. Um, I am, uh, God of hosts, um, he who, or God who sanctifies, uh, recently father, last week son, and we are continuing that today by looking at spirit or Holy Spirit. And that's the name the, um, that we will be looking at today. And so we're kind of rounding out the Trinity. We've had Father and Son and now Holy Spirit. And um, these are, there's mystery here exactly how these fit together. We can know some things about how the members of the Trinity uh, work, but it is um, just, there's mystery in God and we can only know so much. We have a God who is one God. We do not believe in three gods. There is one God. There is one essence, but three persons. In in the Godhead, there are there's the Father, and there's the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they each have their own personalities. They each have their own wills. They each have their own emotions but they are together as one. I know it, it's, it's challenging, it's a mystery, it can be mind-blowing how it all works together, but this is what we have in God. And it's more than, than the idea just that like, God uh, has different modes at different times, that he perhaps in the Old Testament wears a father hat, and then in the Gospels wears like a Jesus hat, and then later in the New Testament, he wears a Holy Spirit hat. It's not like that. It, it is, um, again, one essence and three persons combined together. We want to take a, a look at the Holy Spirit, and uh, I just want to offer kind of a brief look at the Holy Spirit in the Bible. The, the Holy Spirit isn't just in the New Testament. It's right there. If you were to pull out one of those Bibles in front of you and open up to page one, Genesis one, the Holy Spirit is there hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God is there hovering over the waters, over this chaos and the Spirit moves and acts to bring order and to bring life and to bring power. Now, you might be wondering, what, what is this Spirit? What does this Spirit mean? And the Spirit is the biblical, way, the biblical author's way of describing God's presence. 
and it's hard to exactly encapsulate what exactly it means, but th there's several different ideas of it, but it, it, at the heart of it is this idea of energy, energy and empowerment. And it also describes um, what I can actually see out through the window here, the, this energy that causes the wind and the clouds to move and the trees to move. There's an energy there. And we can sense that. If, we, if you were to join me now and to take a deep breath and hold that breath, you can feel that energy. There's energy there. And that's part of this idea of the Holy Spirit. It's more than just wind, but it's, it, it's this empowering nature. As we read on in the Bible, we can see that the Spirit helps people do things, empowers them to do things. With the first person that the um, that the Holy Spirit helps do this with is Joseph. Joseph from Genesis. Joseph who had the amazing Technicolor dream coat um, but got, got in kind of bad with his brothers who sold him into slavery. He ended up in Egypt and he is confronted with the opportunity to interpret dreams. And the Holy Spirit helps him to interpret various dreams. And then later, um, once the God's people leave Egypt, leave uh, slavery, they go into the wilderness and they're building a tabernacle. God says, create a worship space. And it's not a temple because they're moving and so they use this tent. But the Holy Spirit enables this gentleman by the name of Betzalel, um, who is an artist. The Holy Spirit empowers an artist to be able to make beautiful things for this tabernacle. In the, so, the, so God's spirit is enabling and bringing energy and creativity, bringing order and, and, and beautiful things into the world. Later, the Holy Spirit enables a group of people called the prophets. And these prophets have a, a point of view and see the world from God's point of view that, that humans have taken the world that God has created, created and was good and has order and life and creativity, the humans have turned towards evil and have brought into the world an injustice and chaos yet again. And the Holy Spirit is empowering them to deliver message that, the, that God wants to reorder things and to bring um, glory and order and uh, justice and truth and that it would reflect God's character. But how is this possible? God, how is God going to empower people's hearts to change that they would no longer bring this chaos and this, this, this disorder in the world? Well, later, centuries later, we have Jesus coming onto the scene. And the, uh, in the beginning of his ministry, we have this, this account where he's down at the Jordan River being baptized. And as he's being baptized, the father speaks, and the father says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then here comes the Spirit, like in the form of a dove, and comes and alights on Jesus, empowering his ministry. And, and that's how the biblical authors see Jesus' ministry. It's empowered by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus uses this power and this, uh, this, um, this healing power to bring literally healing as a foretaste of the kingdom of God, brings sight where there had been darkness, brings healing where there had been 
um, broken families, broken, uh, ostracized people. He draws them in, in, in in so many different ways. Literally brings life, brings people from the dead back to life. The Holy Spirit enables this. The religious leaders, the very religious people, cannot stand this. They can't stand what is happening through Jesus and his empowered ministry. And so they strike out at him and arrange it so that he ends up on a cross. And he dies there on a cross. But that's not where it ends. And the, the early church recognizes that Jesus, yes, did die and was buried, but was resurrected three days later empowered by the Holy Spirit. They say literally that he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, resurrected back to life. And it doesn't stop there. The resurrected Jesus is together with his disciples at one point and breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And they receive the Holy Spirit. And uh, it, it continues on even more so in that passage that we saw in the video and we heard and that Pat referred to, where the Holy Spirit comes upon the whole of the church and, and empowers the people to speak in tongues and carry the message far and wide that people would come to join the church. On that Pentecost day there in Jerusalem in the temple courts, 3,000 people joined the church, drawn in by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And it continues on, this empowering and this bringing back of order and life and creativity continues by the Holy Spirit through the church and through the breaking in of the kingdom of God. At the end of Scripture, we have this image of God's people together and um, enjoying God's presence, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit there. And there is a fully realized created order. It's good. What had been um, corrupted by human evil and human injustice and chaos has been renewed. And there is a new heaven and a new earth. And this is made possible through the Holy Spirit and the people enjoy the presence of God in the midst of that. Truly amazing how the Holy Spirit moves and acts in all these different ways. I want to zero in on what it exactly means for us um, by looking at some words from Jesus. Our passage today, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. There are actually many different passages in the Bible that talk about the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's hard to actually decide how many. There's a scholarly debate. In fact, if you were to look on the cards, um, here and see the, the sun one. I did the best I could. I, I was going through and trying to find the references, and I believe it says, where is it? Um, I'm sorry, Holy Spirit. Um, more than 563. And that's in the NIV. It depends. If you're looking at it in English, it depends on the translation. Some English translations have more. If you go back to the original text, it's hard to know exactly all the different references, because there's the spirit of truth, there's the spirit of God, there's a, a few different names, and there's images such as the dove, uh, uh, the, the Holy Spirit represented as the dove. It's hard, but the Holy Spirit is all over the place. But in, in our passage that comes from John, this, this amazing passage where it talks about uh, where Jesus is on his last night before he goes to the cross. This is our longest continuous talk by Jesus. The Sermon on the Mount is long, but this is even longer. 
Um, It's John 13 through 17. It closes with Jesus' prayer. If you want to see Jesus' longest continuous talk, go to John 13 to 17, and you can hear his heart, and you can hear what he's sharing with his disciples, and you can hear what he wants us to know. And part of that is the reality that, yes, he's going to leave. He's going to leave, but, he, but in his leaving, he's sending the Holy Spirit in his name. And so we're going to look at a slice of that now that comes from John 15 through 17 and then 25 through 27. Listen for God's word for us today. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. And then later he says, All this I have spoken while I was still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, Please join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask that your Holy Spirit would be here, which I'm sure the Holy Spirit already is, Lord. Wherever two or three are gathered, you promise that your Spirit would be there. But we ask that your Spirit would open our hearts and minds, that we would be able to see you fresh and anew. They would come to know you, that we would be transformed by you, that we would fall more in love with you, that we would be empowered to share the good news with others. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus has a few things that he's sharing. Again, um, this is the night before he goes to the cross, the night of the last Supper, although John does not focus on the meal, he focuses on the foot washing and focuses on this teaching and this prayer in 17. And in the midst of that, he is describing the Holy Spirit and says, yes, I'm going to leave, but the Holy Spirit will come. And the Holy Spirit is going to be an advocate for you. An advocate is um, how we have it um, sometimes uh, counselor, Um, It has this idea, almost like a lawyer is there with us pleading our case and championing us and upholding us, supporting us, being our backer. The American judicial system, while not perfect, I I think it has some strong points. And and this idea of a counselor alongside someone that's called alongside Um, at the end when a judgment is going to be rendered, whether it's by a jury or by a judge, the the defendant stands, and and the defendant does not stand alone. The counselor, the advocate, stands with them and receives the, the judgment. And the Holy Spirit is our advocate and is our champion and supports us in a variety of different ways. Some translations call, or translate this as paraclete. And paraclete is this English word built on the Greek word of called alongside, the parakalaho one. And it's the idea that the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and is there with us. 
And so Jesus is saying this Holy Spirit is going to come alongside you and help you. Help you is another thing that he points out, that this called alongside one is here to help us. And the Holy Spirit can help in a variety of different ways, empowering us. We heard about how, the, how Joseph and the artist were empowered and how the prophets were empowered, and we can find that the things that we do can be empowered by the Holy Spirit, especially as we lean out in ministry and doing as God has called us to do. We are enabled through the Holy Spirit to do that. And there's this promise that the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. Jesus says, yes, I am leaving. And he hits this point several times in that John 13 through 17. He is going away. And um, he is resurrected on East, the first Easter Sunday. He's, he appears for 40 days, and then he goes up. Um, the, the, the disciples perceive it as he goes up into the sky, his ascension. And then the Spirit comes 50 days later. I'm sorry, not 50 days later, 10 days later, 50 days since Easter. But Jesus goes up, and he does leave in a bodily way. He has been telling them that they are the people of of God's kingdom, not of the world, but of God's kingdom. And yes, he is going away in the sky, but he's not leaving them all by themselves without any hope. He wouldn't do that. He is saying, in my going, you will actually have the Holy Spirit. They can be there with you and empower you and, and be your advocate and be helping you along the way. Jesus also says that the, the, spirit, uh, the, the spirit is the spirit of truth that will teach you all things and remind you of everything that Jesus has said to them. And that's part of this empowering. As we come to God's Word, we should ask the Holy Spirit to open it up to us, that we would be able to see what is going on there. It can be challenging to read Scripture. It was challenging to listen to Jesus in the first case. He, sometimes people were not getting it. He would teach with parables, and they were not always getting what he was saying in these stories, but the Holy Spirit enables some to be able to understand that they would receive what it is that God wanted them to have. And as we turn to Scripture, as we turn to our studies and our groups, we can ask the Holy Spirit be there and to teach us and to remind us what Jesus has said. And how can the the Spirit remind us if we haven't put God's Word there? I would encourage Scripture memory. It is a helpful thing. Uh, as we read Scripture and as we keep it in our minds, while it might not always be on the front, it would be wonderful it's always on the front of our minds, but if it's in the back there, at least it's a resource. It's a tool. And the Holy Spirit can call to mind, can bring it to the forefront when we need it. Whether it's in a situation that we find ourselves or we're speaking to a friend, a family member, or someone else, and we're bearing witness to the gospel uh, and the good news that we have in Jesus and what he's done for us, the Holy Spirit can bring that up. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I know I have, where I was sharing something with someone, and I'm like, I didn't even plan to say that. I don't know where that came from. Um, but the Holy Spirit seemed to move and give me words that I was not even anticipating and hadn't even thought of. The Holy Spirit can do that. And hopefully you've had those experiences. Perhaps some of you have experienced that. But the Holy Spirit can move and act in these ways and enable and our, our ministry to one another 
and really sustain even us as we are becoming more and more transformed. And these are just some of the many ways that Jesus is talking about how we can work with the Holy Spirit and be transformed by the Holy Spirit. But I, admittedly, for some of us, this might seem a little strange and like, how, how can I get excited about this? What, what's going on here? And as I was thinking about this, I, I remembered a story from Eugene Peterson, a Presbyterian pastor who's now since passed, but did the Bible paraphrase uh, the message and wrote many different books and had a wonderful ministry. He wrote about this time when as, um, as a parent, he got a call from one of his kids the call was that uh, Eugene and his wife were going to be grandparents. And they uh, soon traveled the distance to go and see their children, and uh, his wife was just so exuberant and so excited. And Eugene thought it was good, but he did not have the same exuberance as his wife did. And as they were driving back, um, he admitted this to his wife, that, like, that's great, and I'm excited, but... I, I'm not, I don't quite have your exuberance for this situation. And um, his wife kind of diagnosed the situation and said, well, that's, that's okay because you haven't been pregnant. And so you don't quite, you don't quite know. But here, here, and she gave a prescription of what he could do. And she said, build a crib. Build a crib and see what happens. And then G- and Eugene accepted the challenge, accepted that, that suggestion. And so he went to work on building a crib. He researched designs, and he came up with a design. Should it have something that kind of comes over, or should it not? What should the shape be? And all these different types of things. And he decided on what wood he was going to use. I he, I guess, decided to go with mahogany. I don't know why, but he went with mahogany, and he was shaping it, and he was putting it together, and as he was doing it, he was thinking about his grandchild being in this crib, and he would pray over it. As he would oil the wood, as he was coming to the end stages, he was, he was thinking about it and sensing it, and there was a growing exuberance in him. And by the time he mailed that off to his son and daughter-in-law for the baby to use before the, the child had come, he realized that he had become pregnant with the exuberance and the anticipation of this coming child. I think likewise, we as Christians can help work with the Spirit. And doing the things that Jesus is talking about, cooperating with the Spirit. We have the Spirit as we become Christians. It's not like we're waiting for the Holy Spirit to show up at some later point. The Holy Spirit is there. But as we cooperate, as we work with the Spirit, acknowledging it, not just assuming it or, 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 or just taking it for granted, but acknowledging it and accepting the empowerment looking for the Holy Spirit to help give us words, help us to see who God is and what he's done through Jesus on the cross and his resurrection. And as we share that with others, we become more and more full and we collaborate with the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit empowers us, brings order, brings life, and helps bring the kingdom into the world more and more. What an amazing work that the Holy Spirit does around us and in us. 
how exciting that is. And I encourage you to find ways to collaborate with the Holy Spirit. And so that that brings me to the close of this part about the Holy Spirit, but I want to give you one other thought. You received uh, another card Hopefully, Lord willing, there's two cards. This is the end. And, you know, sometimes in trading cards, you get like a bonus card or, or a special one. And you get this, this other one here. And um, I was thinking about this as we were coming to the close. We looked at all these different names. We, uh, they were kind of facets, windows into who God is. But I also thought about this passage from Revelation. And I want to share it with you. It's Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 12. And it's, it's not... If you were to read the whole thing, it's not PG-13, all right? Uh, I'm, I'm only reading part of it to you here, but it, it's quite the image of Jesus here. But it says this, and I think it, as I read it, you'll catch my meaning. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He has a name written on him that no one knows but him himself. That's amazing. We have scripture. We have all these different things. We know all these various aspects about God and even about Jesus himself, the lion, the lamb, the, you know, the faithful and true and all of these different things, Savior, Lord, and yet that's not even all of it. There's a whole side of Jesus we yet know. And in some sense, that's not surprising because God is infinite. He goes on and on. And we know certain things. We have certain windows into who he is. But that's not the total story. And there's a part of God we yet know. Probably even multiple parts of God that we yet know. And how wonderful and exciting that is. And as I I look forward to having some of those conversations, I look forward to heaven and asking Jesus, okay, so what's the name? What's the part that we don't know? my encouragement is don't put God in a box, that he is transcendent, and there's even more to him. All this good stuff is amazing and is wonderful, and there is yet more for us to look forward to, experience, to know. Might that just be an encouragement to keep pursuing God, pursue him, and collaborate with with the Holy Spirit alongside us as our advocate. If you would, please join me in prayer. Lord, you are so amazing. There is so much. You go on and on. And we think we know you. We think that we have a handle on you. You uh, give us a name and various names for who you are, but yet you are so much more and so wonderful. Lord, help us to pursue you. Help us to be drawn in by you. Help us to be wooed by you, that we would come to know and love you more, that we would pursue you, that we would work with you, that we would be empowered by you. In today, in the days ahead, into eternity. We pray all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.